10.02, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Steak Shapiro, Drew Butler, thanks so much. 10 o'clock hour is uh, brought to you by our friends at the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season. Visit mancavestore.com. Super Bowl is behind us. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, no no, uh, major surprise. Uh, Great game. Unbelievably competitive. Absolutely matched the low point spread that it was. And at the end of the day, Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were the alpha males in the room, and they come away with an overtime victory. Kyle Shanahan now a third Super Bowl, second as head coach, where he is winless. Um, a lot of pain looking at Kyle Shanahan on the sideline and thinking about the Super Bowl, of course, the seven years when we were there as Falcons. They lost a few years ago with Jimmy Garoppolo, and, of course, they lose again now with Brock Purdy, where they don't have to make changes to that position. He's solid. They have a chance to win again. They have the best personnel in the league right there, but they did not finish the drill. And that fumble, when they were in control of the game in the third quarter, just devastating, right? Totally devastating. And it's so hard to get to Super Bowls. It's so hard. So it begs the question, will Kyle Shanahan ever win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Chiefs 25, 49ers 22, Super Bowl 58 in the books. If you had the Chiefs 5, Niners 2 square, Pretty obscure numbers yeah. for that final score. That Wild cash finish. pretty big. Wild finish. Yeah, you don't kick the extra points. So you get on, you end on a you end on a five, right? And uh, nothing I love more than squares games. Setting up a nice squares game. You were on it. Yeah, I had zero zero first quarter, and I had five two final score. Damn. It. And I was running the squares pool, so you could only imagine oh, what sounds... my cell phone looked like. No malfeasance. I mean, you're people run... trying to mush me, people chirping me. I mean, nasty things being said from people that I consider to be How my much friends. was a square? $20 per square, max of five squares. Okay. So that was a nice take-home. What'd you win? 1100 total. Damn. Happy guy. You were rooting for that touchdown at the end, huh? Yeah. You knew it was going to go down. Uh, a couple of things we should talk about, guys. Uh, obviously, I wasn't here on Friday. Sandra, you know, she she uh, took her medication. She did her pre-show meditation and medication, <laughs> and she worked with Mark Zeno, who came in the hot. Z-Man. Day-Day, how, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hot was Zeno coming in for the pre-show meeting? W- w- one being he's been, he's been you know, um, he, he, he's been taken down, uh, medicated on some level, and 10 being he's an all-time just, you know, rage factor. He was an 11, bro. <laughs> He was an 11. He was an 11. What was getting his ire right out of the he gate? He did not like the fact that Devin Hester was selected. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, sorry, let me cut you off. That's <laughs> for the Hall of Fame. You're telling me, Bo, you were there for this too? I most certainly was, yes. You, you, you're telling me that our young colleague came in at 11, and I'm thinking, you know, he, he, he's upset he didn't get a, uh, access to the Arthur Blank press conference or, you know, um, he, he lost a lot of money the night before on an NBA. or He got himself worked up about Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame. That just proves you that Mark Zeno gets out of bed and then goes to a laundry list and says, what am I going to rage about today? <laughs> like, let me find something to rage about. So, like, real emotion, like screaming. Real and he- emotion. Like, he's up in the Let me just say this. As somebody who played against Devin Hester, as somebody who had to punt the ball to Devin Hester, I have always heard that to be a Hall of Famer in any sport, 
you should be able to have your career summed up in one sentence. Here's Devin Hester's career summed up in one sentence. The greatest returner in the history of pro football. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. There's no doubt. You have a skill set on the football field that you did better than anybody that's ever played the game. Ever. So let's not have the position. If the position is on the field and you're the greatest of all time and you've had how many touchdowns? 19? Something like that? How many, how many touchdowns have you Yeah, he had a bunch. I okay. had to kick to him in 2014, Cardinals at Falcons in the old Georgia Dome. Hit so, a great punt. He starts running this baby back. Eric Weems latched on to me. I throw my hands out. I get Hester by the face mask. We tumble. I chuck him to the ground. Flags are everywhere. Yeah. Keith Armstrong, special teams coordinator, who would probably tell you he invented special teams, starts losing his mind. Flags keep going. What are you supposed to do? You got to do whatever you can. The guy's going to take it one back, right? So, no touchdown. Two personal fouls on the play. Then Matt Bryant misses a field goal. He never misses a field goal. So, guys are coming up to me on the side, like, man, great play. Wow. You got uh, Tuesday morning. I walk Tuesday morning. I walk into my locker. Our cap guy goes, Hey, Butler, nice tackle. I go, Appreciate it. He goes, NFL thought so too. I got fined $8,000. <laughs> but I am not on the Devin Hester highlight. No, you are not. Hall of Fame reel. How, how does he let himself get that crazy over stuff like that? God bless you, son. Mark Thanks. Zeno. God bless you. He, also, huge shout out to Steve McMichael getting named into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, he wasn't happy with that either. 85 he doesn't Bears, want anybody in the Hall of Fame. I mean, one of my dad's good friends. Yeah. The Bears are going to be well represented. Oh, man. Bears are going to be rolling. All right. Let's talk about Arthur Blank's press conference he had the other day. Um, I, I did not, I was up there, uh, celebrating my mom's 85th birthday. Those of you who didn't know why I wasn't here Friday, my mom turned 85. I surprised her Thursday night, spent two days with her. She looks fabulous. We had an amazing time, uh, put up. She a, looks spectacular for 85. She is an inspiration. Listen, when you watch what you eat and walk eight miles a day for 50 years. Yeah, that's incredible. That's what happens. You know, it's like I was saying about Usher. I say the same about my mom. My mom never got on social and started eating cheesesteak just, you know, pell-mell all <laughs> over town. That's not how you get to look like that. So maybe I should, you know, I should uh, 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 pay heed or, or be cognizant of that. Anyway, Arthur Blank got on there and um, essentially answered the questions about the Bill Belichick coaching search and about Raheem Morris. He had to kind of close that chapter he wasn't at the Raheem press conference, so this was his opportunity. And he tells us, no big surprise, that Bill Belichick was not asking for the world. Um, I do want to make it 1,000% clear. Uh, I want to go to 2,000% or 100,000, whatever percent you want to use. Bill Belichick never asked for, in our discussions, full control of personnel or the building or anything of that nature. He was very inclusive, very collaborative. Um, he met Terry Fontenot. Uh, he checked out our people doing his own his own references. Uh, he sent me a private text, which I eventually shared with Terry, that he was happy working with him. So all these. Okay. Um, there was a private text. I'm not sure that he wanted it to be put out there, but okay. So Bill Belichick texted him. And then the report from Boomer Siason that Arthur Blank offered Bill Belichick the job and Bill Belichick Turned it down. That that was reported by uh, Boomer Zayasen, and he said he heard that from some NFL executive. Um, he was never, capital N-E-V-E-R, never. Bill would tell you this. I would tell you this. Um, my dogs, who were probably with us 
in the second meeting would tell you the same thing. I mean, he was never offered the job. Uh, so that's, you know, where Boomer heard that from, I have no idea. And, um, you know, I don't know Boomer really well. I know him say hello to him, et cetera. I have no idea why he would be reporting on something from somebody who wouldn't have any idea either, whoever that might be. Now, I had heard the second set of interviews were with numerous folks, Terry Fontenot, Rich McKay, a bunch of others. Also, the dogs were in the building. So two things. Does Arthur bring his dogs to work? <laughs> I will say this at Atlanta Eats. We have a couple of young ladies that bring their dogs to work. I have no problem with it. Cute little dogs. Like, we're trying to be a very, you know, forward-thinking office. Yes. Or are we to believe those guys all showed up at Arthur's house, and that's where they interviewed Belichick, which I guess happened, because nobody saw Belichick at Flowery Branch or heard about that, right? That's right. So both interviews um, take place. One of them was in the uh, British Virgin Islands, right? On uh, the yacht. BVI on the yacht, and the second one at Arthur's house. I'm just confused as to how Boomer size and can go throw those types of narratives out. I mean, essentially shooting from the hip. Yeah, listen, if Bill Belichick was offered the job, guess what, guys? Um, we would have been at a press conference and Bill Belichick would have been sitting on a stage next to Terry Fontenot. It's very simple. He wanted the job. He wanted to keep coaching. He wants to break the record. Um, he thought Arthur Blank was uh, a guy that um, he could coexist with. And Arthur Blank, once he opened up the process to a collaborative process of inter- of letting the business guys talk to him, the mark, uh, the the uh, personnel guys, the general manager, Rich McKay, they all came back with just like they said in the press conference, a unanimous decision to not hire Bill Belichick. What What are your thoughts on the collaborative nature of making the decision on the head coach? Because I, I, you could easily make the argument, and Michael Lombardi says this often, and I do think there's a lot of truth in it. You've never seen a statue built for a committee. Right. You've never seen a statue built for a committee. Strong leaders make strong decisions. If Arthur Blank wanted Bill Belichick to be the head coach, Rich McKay is not stopping But they, him. But they, yeah, Rich McKay had nothing to do with it Exactly. They, they talked him out of it, and it doesn't mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'll I'm, i be the first to tell you, and I tell the you know, guys I work with, I'll be like, I feel so strong about this. Why are we doing blah, blah? And then three or four people in the room will say, well, this is kind of what we're thinking. And, right. blah, blah, blah. and I was like, oh, never mind. You know, but yeah. I mean, like you, I can be convinced. I may come in. Listen, Arthur came in hot. I want Belichick. No doubt. He came in super hot. And then cooler heads prevailed. Yes. You know, and, and that's, make no mistake. And they made the right hire, I think. I think Raheem's going to be a good hire. You know, I like Raheem. He was Go my, get a quarterback. He, he was my second choice. Bill Belichick was my first choice. Go get a quarterback. Go get some pass I, I, rush. I'd love to see what would have happened with Bill Belichick, but I'm fine. Raheem Morris, both sides of the ball, infectious personality, great communicator. Go find a quarterback, right? Go find a quarterback. Go get some pass rush. Yeah. Well, it ain't that hard. What's Justin Fields going to cost? Because they're drafting Caleb Williams. What's Justin Fields going to cost? That's going to be the conversation, Yeah, it, right? you're exactly right. There's no question about that. Hey, when we come back, I've seen the unicorn up close and personal. It is the real deal. Also tell you about the sights and sounds from surprising your 85-year-old mom who said, I almost had a heart attack. That would not have been a good way to spend her birthday. Also, Usher at halftime in the best Super Bowl commercials. We'll do things I learn when we come back. Steak and Drew on the Steakhouse. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. 92.9 The Game. Ten twenty-two Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. 10 o'clock hours brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season. Visit Man Cave Store. 
Steakandrewbutler.com. Steak and Drew Butler on a Monday morning sifting through the Super Bowl. We've got some things I learned coming up. Um, I, I didn't mention the two other press conferences from last week. I'll ask you about it because I only get you once a week. The Raheem Morris press conference, your thoughts on uh, what he had to say? I thought it was uh, exactly what you'd expect. I mean, you weren't going to get any groundbreaking intel from an introductory press conference, but I love the way he communicated. Um, I love the way that he commanded the room. I thought him telling you, like, let me finish it. I mean, that was funny. Yeah. I don't think he was, like, getting after no, you. No, no, he had means. a dramatic pause. It was a very dramatic pause. Yeah, and, which I kind of asked the question wanting him to get, you know, dramatic, which is absolutely you were on the sideline for showing that emotion and the seminal moment in Atlanta sports history. That's the seminal moment. And it was what, seven years to the day? Is yeah. That, yeah. It was seven years in the day. And my only point is you don't if you don't understand how scarred this this community is by that, one hundred they will never recover until we win a Super Bowl. There is no That's recovering. A fact. Matt Ryan was doing radio Matt Ryan's career. He, in he's one a year. star on TV, by the way. He crushed it for CBS all week long. Matt Ryan is like a rocket ship on his media career. He started as the third guy on the fifth team on CBS or fourth team. They Not had, for long. Yeah, they had him everywhere at Super Bowl. He did the first hour and a half or so of the pregame. He was sitting on set. Uh, it was a little uncomfortable having to see him on Boston radio getting grilled about how often do you lie, lie in bed at night 28-3. to three. And, um, and they were being – as respectful as Boston guys are going to be, they weren't, you know, chastising him. But it was a weird thing. But he was having to answer that question everywhere. Oh, you of know? course, because he was doing every bit of radio. He'll never road. get away from that question. No, he really won't. It's just the reality of the situation. What do you think about him saying I'm a Hall of Famer? I, I totally I, agree. I mean, you always have to be your biggest fan. Right. And the statistics, although Mark Zeno would probably say absolutely not, the statistics do say that he does have a Hall of Fame Z- resume. Zeno said Stafford shouldn't be in. He said Eli Manning should not be in. <laughs> he's, he's right. Well, who else did he These say? These are Super Bowl champs. Yeah, Matthew MVPs. Sta- basically, everybody that's in should not be in. <laughs> Listen, Matthew Stafford has every bit the stats that Ryan has better, and he's got the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's in, of course. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe Like, the guy's- should Larry Fitzgerald be in? He's number two across the board in every receiving category. Number one is, of course, Jerry Rice, who will never be touched. I mean, he was. He just, will be a first ballot. Everybody Hall of Famer. got hit with strays by Zeno that day. Like there is no Hall of Fame. It is a bittersweet yeah, day, said, though. I think he said Jim Brown. Um, it's a bittersweet day. What have, day? What day is? T- today, we have two hundred and six days until NFL football's back. Yeah. It's 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 uh, we've got nothing. I mean, it's officially there's no football. It's nothing. cloudy, rainy. I can't even see the buildings out of the ninth floor here. I mean, that was Square. four and a half hours of absolute. Just riveting entertainment. Like, I just love everything about I love the party I went to, which was awesome. Great spread. I just put it up online. I love the pregame. I love the national anthem, which uh, was it Reba McIntyre? Yeah, Reba crushed She did it. an awesome job. Post Malone did America the Beautiful really well also. Yeah, we'll hear uh, the commercial. I mean, I, I love everything about it, especially with a close game. I didn't love it. What that. did you think of Nance and Romo? I did a good job. I mean, listen, I'm not going to pile on Tony Romo. I don't, you know, he's fine. I guess Sean McManus, his boss, went on an interview and said, we have told Tony to calm down a little bit. He seems to get overly excited. So I think he's fine. Is he my number one guy? Probably not. Did you hear, uh, well, obviously, Dow Johnson's done a uh, phenomenal, uh, sorry, Greg Olson's done a phenomenal job. Um, uh, Kevin Harlan does does a great job. Who's my number one? It's not Herb Street and Michaels, definitely not. 
Um, I thought Burkhart and Olsen were great all season long. But Buck and Aikman are solid on Monday Night Football. Yeah, they're very good. So, all right, uh, we're ready to do some of the things I learned. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. It's Monday, and it's time for Things I've Learned. A look back at the weekend on The Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. All right. I went to uh, Boston, didn't tell anybody on the air, because my mom listens to every second of this show up there on our great Odyssey app. Get the Odyssey app. You can listen anywhere in the world. It's crystal clear. It sounds awesome. You can go segment by segment throughout the day. Anyway, so we had to be uh, in clandestine in terms of me not being on the air Friday because if somebody had said you're headed to Boston, that would have ruined the surprise. Turned 85. Um, I knocked on the door at about 7 at night, and I just talked to her like at 4 o'clock. That's so she, awesome. Uh, we had a fabulous time, went to a great dinner, and then I got Celtics tickets on Saturday, on Saturday, Friday night to go with my brother, my brother Bram and his wife, and my mom. And she's not a huge sports fan, but she's like, I just like being with you and your brother and having fun. I said, great, we're going to watch some NBA. Here's what I can tell you. Here's what I learned. You can talk about Victor Weminyama as being a freak, the, the, the next generation of LeBron-esque superstar, and he might be. But I've never seen a guy seven foot two look like Kristaps Porzingis. The reason the Boston Celtics will hang another banner this year, absolutely, it's not Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and they're great, is Porzingis. This guy's numbers, dude, first of all, his last, like, 10 games, 34, 31, 25, 26, 32, 19. He... he Hits two or three threes a game. He's 7-2. He goes on the block, backs guys down, and just is unstoppable in the paint. He's a 7-foot-2 guy that can handle the ball. He was 14-14 from the foul line. When's the last time a guy 7-2 goes 14-14 from the line? And I'm not trying to make this. Like, they're going to win the NBA title because of that guy. That guy is, to watch him live at 7-foot-2 is ridiculous. That's that's the NBA champion this year, and that's because of that trade. Marcus, the Celtics traded Marcus Smart. I know for Kristaps Porzingis. Celtics are forty-one and twelve. They're twenty-five and three at home. Dude, he is so friggin' impressive. Um, What was the vibe like at TD Garden? It's just unbelievable, dude. There's forty-five minutes before the game. Everybody's in the seat. Nobody leaves until literally a zero. I mean, what was the weather like? uh, Did they have to be in the building? No, it was nice. They just. There's a vibe up there. I'm just, you know, I don't want people don't hear me going on about Boston. I'm just going to tell you they're going to win the title because of that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then they added Drew Holiday, too. I mean, they are freaking loaded. We also, How do you like them, Matt? Speaking of uh, annoying you with Boston stuff, um, it was one of the better commercials for Super Bowl Sunday. The Duncan Ben Affleck trying to be a rapper commercial with some pretty impressive co stars. I don't think you should do this. Last year, she came to my work. Now I got to show her what I can do. He's here. Ah, flat on the track. What up, Bronx? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dunkies. Touchdown, Tommy, on them keys. Player coach. Got it. I'm open. And needs no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were going to support me. Dunkies. Don't, don't go away. You got How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes. 
Wrap it up. Here goes Babe Ruth. They got Jen Tom? Jennifer Lopez. You, you remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They, they, got, they got Jennifer Jeffers. Lopez. They Tom got Brady. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Jack Harlow. Dude, crazy lineup. Yeah. Brady's in the Duncan, you know, outfit, the rapper outfit, same as Affleck and Damon. Touchdown Tommy. Making fun of, is that what they called him? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that commercial was funny. This was the funniest, though. Christopher Walken. What for? Uh, what enemy? BMW. For B- the only, uh, everybody, everywhere he goes, is doing their best Christopher Walken. Nice ride. It's the real deal. 100%. Electric. It's the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Of course. Enjoy your coffee. Careful, it's hot. Okay, thanks. Your dog's so cute. Mm, yeah. Ooh, so adorable. Yeah, wow. Right. We both know it's the man makes the clothes. You know, you look nice. Okay, we done? Hello, Mr. Walken. Does this table work for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did someone say yeah? Don't you got somewhere to be? Yeah. <laughs> oh. There's only one Christopher Walken and only one ultimate driving machine. The rest are just imitations. <laughs> Come on. So uh, Usher's sitting at a table with him at the end uh, across the uh, dining room. Um, very clever. Beyonce commercial, really good also, right? Um, yeah. The Verizon break the internet. Uber, the Uber Eats um with Jennifer Aniston and, and uh, David Schwimmer, who else was in that one? They had a bunch of star power in that one as well. So, solid across the board. I, I, I know they leak early, but I didn't watch them early. No. I, I wait till Super Bowl night to do it. So, great job. And finally, kudos to the, uh, the ATL and Usher, who brings it hard. Um, great performance. You know, we're probably more familiar with uh, his stuff than uh, maybe I think America doesn't know this in about five or ten of his other ma- mega hits. It was a little more low-key because of the style of music, right? But love seeing... Um, Alicia Keys, Ludacris, Jermaine Dupri, and of course, Lil Jon. Lil Jon, right? So this is uh, essentially what he ends with, right? And this was the closeout right here. Yeah. He was sweating. Yeah. I mean, he was sweating all over now the place. Now he's on a world tour, you think? You don't really get paid for Super Bowl, but you surely do. He's going to be doing three or four nights in Atlanta. In August. Yeah, in August. So kudos to uh, – it was the Super Bowl halftime that we should have had in Atlanta. We got it last night. Fake and Drew will come back, play some three strikes. More on the Super Bowl. Something that the 49ers were not aware of. And boy, should they have been. We'll tell you about it when we come back. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. More of the Steakhouse. Make some damn noise. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. 1041, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Steak and Drew Butler, our big game of the night. We, we just had a pretty big game. And it went way into the night. Like a four-hour just uh, back-and-forth affair was Super Bowl, was it 50? Swifty 8. <laughs> Super Bowl Swifty 8, there. Well, uh... Number will come out later. It'll be the highest-rated Super Bowl of all time, especially if it goes in overtime. You have the Taylor factor. You have the two teams involved. Very Vegas factor, Vegas. I think, played into it, too. It was awesome. Dude, Vegas, just just crazy. 
Um, what's our big game of the night? That State Farm Arena, Chicago Bulls, Atlanta Hawks. Right now, Hawks are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Trey Young has just been in full sicko mode for about a month now. And the Bulls are one game ahead of the Hawks in the Eastern Conference standings right now. So, be a good one, man. Trey's averaging a double-double. How much uh, stock do you put into Kyle Shanahan um, not choosing to defer? Um, you know, the new rules was that regardless of the 49ers had scored a touchdown, they were going to get the ball regardless. Uh, it's not like regular season. They were going to get the ball. The, four, the uh, Chiefs were going to get the ball. So, seems like an enormous advantage to allow the other team to know what they're going to need, especially if – you know, you score a touchdown, you don't win the game. They get the ball, and they know they have four downs along the whole way down the field to get in there. Now, I, I guess his explanation was what? That the third possession? Is- yes, that they would get a chance with it- the third possession. But he- here's the problem. You could argue back and forth all day long, should Kyle Shanahan have, have elected to kick the ball? But what's not excusable is the fact that San Francisco's players – did not know the new NFL postseason overtime rules. On the flip side, Patrick Mahomes said they had repped it relentlessly. Chris Jones, after the game, said, we already knew that if we scored with the ball second, we were going for two to win the game. Kyle Juszczyk, a leader on that San Francisco 49ers offense, who also went to Harvard, had this to say after the game. You know what? I didn't even realize that the – the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. That That's a bad, bad look for Kyle Shanahan. You have players openly admitting we never talked about the new overtime rules in the postseason. How does that affect them, though? I mean, other than— How does that affect them? I mean, you have to understand situational football in overtime. But He he just said, I learned about—Eric Armstead said, I learned about the new rules during the TV timeout. They put the new rules up on the Jumbotron, meaning Juszczyk thought, we get the ball, we go score, we're going to win the game. Right. I would argue you got to execute as a player regardless. You're, well, trying, I mean, you're trying to score a touchdown. Whether or not the other team gets the ball back or not, I don't think it matters. I do agree it's a bad look, and I, and I think the third possession thing does make me think, like, listen, it's going to be sudden death on the third possession. Third possession or the fourth down scenario that you brought up. I, I think that's very important to note. If you defer, I, you're going to get the ball. Right. And then you're in four-down territory but if you match, all the way down the field. But if you match field goals, whoever has the third possession has the biggest advantage. I think that's an advantage. Yeah. And I think I'm letting Kyle, I think I'm letting him off the hook. Because, again, it's not the same uh, necessarily in college where you'll always defer because you always are going to get the ball a second time. If you both score touchdowns, then you both get the ball again in the second overtime. That's not the case of what we're hearing. The third possession ends the game, correct? Yes. You go down. So that's why he made the right decision. I'm sorry. I'm not going to come down on him. But the Chiefs, Chris Jones literally said if they had scored a touchdown, we score, we're going for two. We're going to end the game. He says it in an article. Wow. He's like, we've repped this. We knew exactly what we were going in. Yeah, but Kyle Shanahan doesn't know that. But that's interesting, man, especially because those guys are going to get the ball and they get a field goal and they beat you. Let me give Harrison Bucker some love. Georgia Tech, Westminster, 
44 of 46, 95.7% on the season. He was perfect on field goals 40-plus. He was perfect on field goals 50-plus. He was perfect on his extra points. Two field goals from 50-plus last night and set the Super Bowl record with a 57 Can you call Zinno, ask him if that guy belongs in the Hall of Fame <laughs> at some point? Zinno loves kickers. Yeah. Does, he, does he belong in the Hall of Fame at some point? All right, here's our three strikes questions. Um, the I, I just was back in Boston. I know you guys are shocked to hear that. Uh, I went to go to Legal Seafood and get the clam chowder. It was the first 5.0 I think I gave out of my food reviews. It's the perfect chowder in history. I gave it a 5.0. What's the first food item that you hit when you're back in your hometown? What's the place and what's the food? Nice. Okay? You land in Philly. You got your cheesesteak. You're going right. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200. What is the first thing you eat when you're back in your hometown? Favorite all-time special teams player. Favorite all-time special teams player. And the TV voice that makes the games better for you. We talked about Romo, talked about Nance, talked about Buck, talked about Troy Aikman, um, Greg Olson. Who is the TV voice that makes the games better for you? 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. What's your hometown growing up, Louisiana? Is, is, what's your official hometown? Bob? Born and raised in Bossier City. Have family all Bossier over City. the state. Yep. So is there a... Meal as soon as you hit Bossier City. Yeah, I usually will go home in the spring at some point, and my family knows that either the first or second night that I'm there, we go find a place to get boiled crawfish. There's a few places around. We just try to find the cheapest. This right. season's been a horrible season. Okay, so so a boiled crawfish spot. Um, four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. You grew up here though, right? Or Chicago? Is that? Yeah, I mean, I first ten years was in Chicago, but okay. so Lion's you- share was was here. So, Chicago, do you have a spot in Chicago with Kevin Butler? I, I mean, I love Paisano's Pizza off of State Street. I love Chicago Cut. Yeah. Just amazing great steakhouse st- right there on the river. It's a great steak town, the all-time. It's a, right? it's a great Gina steak town. Gina Giorgetti's. Yeah. Um, what's the one there at uh, the, the famous one that everybody goes to? Gibson's. Gibson's, yeah. Another great example. 404-726-0929. Um, I think we're ready to rock and roll. Portillo's. Oh, another good call. So what's your take? I'm very upset. It's time for you to sound off with three strikes. Bring it the f*** on! On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Portillo's has the beef sandwich. Is that what it is? Yeah, and Chicago Dogs and their opening locations in Atlanta. Drew and Kennesaw, the first thing you eat when you're back in your hometown. Hey, what's going on? So the first thing I'm going to get is some pizza from LaBella's off of Thinny Plains Road. Awesome. Strong. Give me the uh, favorite all-time special teams player. Uh, all-time? I like Cordell Patterson because I'm a Falcon fan. And the TV voice that makes the games better for you. TV voice that makes Mike Breen. Bang, Mike Breen. That's a great call. I was thinking football, but Mike Mike Breen is as good as ever been calling NBA. And games. a phenomenal guy. The nicest guy. Yeah. Tremendous dude. Yes. Great call. Jeremy and coming, the first thing you eat when you're back in your hometown. Are you there? Let's get a few more calls. 404-726-0929. Paul's in a truck. Paul, what's the first thing you get when you're back in your hometown? Farm 441 Barbecue in Watkinsville. Nice. Favorite all-time special teams player? Tim Dwight. Nice. He's like a cannon. Come out of a cannon, man. Talk about collisions. 
the TV voice that makes the games better for you? All-timers, Madden and Summerall. Strong. You know, I grew up, you either grew up in an AFC town or an NFC town. If you grew up in an NFC town like Atlanta or Dallas or Philly, it's Pat Summerall and uh, Madden or Tom Brookshire. Uh, AFC town, it was Dick Enberg and Merlin Olsen. Um, so, I, think- I liked um, I liked Jim Nance shouting out Brent Musburger last night saying we need to get Musburger in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm sure Zeno disagrees, but... Yeah, please, no more Hall of Fame, guys. <laughs> Patrick in Atlanta, the first thing you eat when you're back in your hometown? Uh, pub sub for Publix. It's a strong item, yeah, man. Yeah, had one this weekend. Favorite all-time special teams player? I'm going to go with Keith Tandy from Tampa Bay. The TV voice that makes the games better for you? Tony Romo. He's been really good lately. Nice. What did you think of Romo last night? Yeah, I thought he caught a really good groove late in the game. I mean, he was calling out defensive pressures. He knew where both offenses were going with the ball. It's it's in situational football where where guys like Romo can really shine. I think Tom Brady's going to be really good as well. Did you see the cut of Brady talking to Steve Young? Yes. Um, Just to give you a sense of how he's going to be analytical watching those games. I mean... The depth of knowledge where he starts talking about a cover two and an underneath and at the quarterback, what do you got to be thinking? And, you know, I mean, unless his personality is an absolute dud. Well, just that play call to win the game. When they put Miko in motion to the line to get that man coverage there and then he kind of hides and turns around and goes towards the pylon wide open, it's like that. that's when Andy Reid is sitting there going, gotcha. And Patrick Mahomes is right there. Gotcha. We just won the game. Game over. 49ers knew once they got to the 30, this thing was done. I hate to say it. It reminded me of the Falcons, too. It was just like they had found their groove. They're calling plays. Uh, the difference in our Super Bowl is we never got to touch the ball. Matt Ryan had to sit on the friggin' sideline for half an hour. In this case, um, you know, they got the ball, and they weren't kicking field goals. They, they were not kicking field goals. They just said, we're going down the field to win it. You know, when I knew it was done, when Romo says – there's only been two overtime. This will be the second yeah. overtime game in Super Bowl history, and we know Shanahan was involved in that one. Oh. I knew it was done. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he's building quite a resume on the wrong side of things, for sure. We'll say hi to Andy and Randy coming up at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Morning Shift. Weekday morning, 6 a.m. till 9. Morning. morning. See what I've done twice today, Squid? You can learn from me. Always be excited about the notion of having your mind change, but you're so dogmatic, you just plant your flag and you're stubborn as a mule with your little hands. Steak Shapiro says You leave my hands out of this, all right? They did nothing to you. I mean, could these hands do any damage? <laughs> Was that your pinky or middle finger? If, if, if I am ever accused of killing someone with my bare hands, you will know that it's absolutely false. They can't even fit around any. They couldn't fit around a chicken's neck. feel like getting punched by a pool stick. Crazy good. The Morning Shift. With Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. Morning, 6 till 9. Or stream anytime, anywhere on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Pamper your loved 